Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. It's time to disarm the police. That's what D.D. Guttenplan says. He's editor of The Nation. We reached him today in London. Don Guttenplan, welcome back. Great to be back, John. So you open your piece for The Nation with a list of some of the most notorious cases of Black people being killed by cops with guns. Remind us about those. Well, I, I talk about the harrowing video of Rayshard Brooks being shot in the back by the Atlanta police. But, you know, then there's Breonna Taylor, who was shot as she slept in her own bed in Louisville. And in Minnesota, uh, Philando Castile. And in North Charleston, Walter Scott. And I was in Cleveland the week that Tamir Rice, the 12-year-old boy, was shot in the park. The Nation editorial is 650 words. In the longer version of this, I had Michael Stewart, Eleanor Bumpers, names I remembered from New York. This is something that has been going on for generations. Well, Philando Castile is especially significant to me. We're approaching the fourth anniversary of his murder. He was shot on July 6th, 2016. Philando Castile and I went to the same high school, St. Paul Central. Just to remind our listeners, he was 37 when he was killed. He had worked for years as a food services supervisor at one of the St. Paul public schools. We're told he was very popular among the students. He knew their names. He knew their food allergies. The cop who stopped Philando Castile and his girlfriend and then killed him was tried for manslaughter and found not guilty. 
you say that for much of American history, the police did not carry guns. When, when did they start? I assumed that the police always had guns. Uh, but when you look into it, the night watchmen who were what they had for police in the original North American colonies uh, were selected from the community uh, and they did not carry any weapons. And they went around and said, you know, 12 o'clock and all is well or so forth. Benjamin Franklin's police force that he instituted in Philadelphia were not armed. The Boston police were not armed. In very few of the northern colonies were, uh, in, in none of the northern colonies were the police armed with anything more than a short club. It's important to note that the Charleston slave patrols were always armed uh, and that that's the origin of most southern police forces. They, have, they were slave patrols who were instituted to prevent slave uprisings and to capture and return escaped slaves and to maintain racial subjugation in the South. And essentially after the Civil War, these forces became the nuclei of the police force in Southern states. So arming the police has always been associated in America with racial subjugation. The other police force who have always been armed are the Texas Rangers, who of course were charged with not only, you know, enforcing the theft of land from Mexico, but also prosecuting uh, genocidal wars against Native Americans. When and why were police, municipal police forces given guns? It was only after the Civil War, as police departments in the North increasingly took on the role of strike breakers, because that was one of the one of the things, you know, Karl Marx called the eight-hour law passed by the state of Illinois the first fruit of the Northern victory of the Civil War. After the Civil War, there was an incredible upsurge of organizing among labor. Uh, and essentially, police forces were enlisted by capital to put down these uprisings. And at that point, they began needing to carry weapons and carrying weapons Although, again, the New York City police were not issued with weapons until a reform mayor, William Strong, in the 1890s and his reform anti-corruption police commissioner, Theodore Roosevelt, handed out pistols to the NYPD. So you say it's time to disarm the police, but uh, is there any place in the world today where the regular police are not armed? Oh, come on, John. We both know that here in London, the Metropolitan Police famously do not carry guns. Look, I, I, there's a point I want to make, which is that uh, disarming the police and defunding the police are not the same demand, but they are related. Uh, and it seems to me they work in tandem. You know, you have these police forces that show up for demonstrations clad head to toe in body armor, uh, and with, you know, mace, tear gas, pepper spray, guns, you know, sometimes machine guns, sometimes tanks. They don't want for a nickel, uh, whereas doctors and nurses in municipal hospitals have sometimes had to beg for PPE. So, you know, that's one point, is that the money spent on overarming our police could clearly be better spent elsewhere. Another point is that when you see as we now increasingly do, videos of the way police behave with their guns, it's clear that these people have no business carrying guns and they should be taken away from them. But the London model is relevant because, first of all, London is a big cosmopolitan 
city, uh, very diverse. Secondly, London in the 70s and 80s had a much bigger terrorism problem than anywhere in the United States, and yet they never felt the need to arm their police. And, uh, and third, even in recent years with the, you know, the rise of other kinds of, of terrorism, after the 7-7 the bombings, for example, here on the, on the underground, they still didn't arm the police because the model is policing by consent. And, and the point of suggesting that we disarm American police is not to say that America and Britain are socially the same, it's to say that policing by consent involves a different mindset on the part of the police and that if American police went on the job with that mindset, instead of, I'm packing heat, I don't need to listen to you, there would be a, a, a de-escalation and a particularly a saving of black lives. Well, your piece at The Nation got about two dozen comments. Uh, let me ask you about some of them. The most common objection was, since criminals have guns in America... The police have to have guns. I'm just guessing here, but I imagine you are aware of the fact that criminals in America have guns. Well, let's put it this way. I was robbed at gunpoint in Prospect Heights in Brooklyn in the 1980s. Okay. So, so I'm not only theoretically aware. You know, they, they say that a, a neoconservative is a liberal who's been mugged. Well, I'm, I'm a radical who's been mugged, and I'm still a radical. Okay. Uh, yes, of course, I'm aware that Americans have guns. In fact, I made a, a radio program for the BBC five years ago called Guns, an American Love Affair, which is exactly about Americans and guns. But here's the point. Guns are not equally distributed, just like money in the United States and other social <laughs> goods. Guns are not equally spread. So, you know, even if you argue that, for example, I don't know, in Texas, where everybody and their mother has a gun and you're allowed to, to open carry anywhere you want, the police might feel at a disadvantage not having a gun. I think that's not a spurious argument. That's a serious argument. On the other hand, in New York City or Boston, where carrying a gun is illegal and where nobody's supposed to have the gu a gun, only the police and criminals have guns. And if the police didn't have guns as a matter of course, first of all, 98% of the crime they deal with doesn't require a gun. Secondly, if you're someone calling because your neighbor upstairs is screaming because he's, I don't know, going crazy from lockdown, and the police show up and they don't have guns, then you don't have to worry about getting your neighbor killed, particularly if your neighbor is black or Hispanic. The point is you could start with big cities where they already don't have guns, New York, Washington, Boston. And, you know, if the sky fell down, I suppose you could give them their guns back. On the other hand, if you had what happens in London, which is instead of having one cop with a gun show up at any, you know, police call, you get three cops who don't have guns <laughs> showing up, then uh, you'll find out that you don't need them. In London, if there's, a sh if there's an armed incident, the Metropolitan Police have a SWAT squad or the equivalent, an armed response team who do have guns. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have that, but that's, you know, a very small fraction of particularly in the case of the NYPD or the Chicago Police Department or the Boston Police Department, a very large police force. And another set of comments on your piece uh, argued that the solution is not to disarm the police, but to retrain them and to eliminate the so-called bad apples. 
Well, you know, first of all, <laughs> the point about bad apples is that they do spoil the barrel. So, yes. <laughs> you know, eliminating them might be good, but it may be too late for some of that. Retraining, of course, yes, there should be much more emphasis on de-escalation. But, you know, how seriously do you get people to, to take that? I, that's my, my, my point is that the whole mentality is different. And, you know, look, you and I are old enough to remember the Tom Robinson band's great song, Glad to be Gay, which begins, the British police are the best in the world. He's being satirical, and he's absolutely right. Not having a gun doesn't keep you from beating people up or being brutal. I've been kettled by the London Metropolitan Police, and I can tell you it's no fun. What does kettled mean? Kettled means you're part of a demonstration and you're surrounded by a phalanx of police who won't let you leave and contain you in smaller and smaller areas for hours. And, I, and I've been on the streets in London and, and been charged at by police horses. And that's no fun either. So I'm not saying that London's Metropolitan Police are perfect or that they should be the model. I'm just saying that policing is possible in a big city with a terrorist threat without guns. Concluding thoughts here. Have you gotten other responses to this piece other than the ones I've cited from the comments section? Well, you know, a lot of Americans seem to <laughs> like to point out that there are more guns in America than there are people. And, you know, do I think that's a problem? Yes. <laughs> Would I like to see fewer guns <laughs> yes. around? Yes. On the other hand, you know, I, look, I live part of the year in Vermont, and uh, Vermont has very lax gun laws. And on the other hand, very low crime and very low murder rates. So I, I, I think that it, there are way too many guns. Nobody really needs handguns. Nobody really needs AK-47s or whatever the equivalents are. But, you know, in a state where there are a lot of hunters, you're going to have a lot of guns, and I'm fine with that. What I, don't, what I think is that you don't want to call the cops because you're locked out of your house and then find out that, that because you happen to be black, they decided they needed to shoot you rather than help you get back in. D.D. Guttenplan, you can read his article, Disarm the Police at thenation.com. Don, thanks for talking with us today. Always a pleasure, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.